Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I've already lost count of what episode this is. Maybe four, maybe five. Pardon? Five? Five? My guest back this week is Eric Kareem. He thinks it's five. We are coming to you from underneath the Air Canada Center following the Raptors' uh, big 118-109 victory over the Los Angeles Clippers on Monday. Uh, You'll be hearing this Tuesday morning. But Eric, thoughts on Monday? First of all, welcome back. You're on the road. Thank you. How was that? It was, uh, it was good. It was interesting. Interesting times. Uh, interesting uh, from a, you haven't been on the road in a while perspective, or interesting from a, the Raptors were some drama perspective? More so the drama. I mean, the road is the road, and people, I think, would be extraordinarily bored about my tales of debauchery from the, from the road. I, I but, heard uh, there was something about mail. Uh, yes, I, I can't uh, repeat that for fear of getting in trouble with Canadian customs. Who are but, definitely uh, listening, yes, obviously. Yes, that's uh, one of our key demographics. Look, we have the explicit lyric uh, <laughs> symbol on yeah. iTunes, so we're obviously one of the, you know, one of the bad guys. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. I can swear on this? I, they gave us the E. Um, I don't know if we've, swear, if we've sworn. Swear? Sworn. Sworn. If we've sworn yeah. very much. But uh, yeah, we have the little E. We have no. it on the J's one, too. I don't think I should test that. It might be bad for uh, our reputations. Yeah. Maybe it'll be good. As long as it's reasonable, right? It fits right in. Yes. And sometimes so a it's moderate, reasonable. A moderate, moderate use of cursing yeah. is reasonable. Um, I was saying the drama. The drama. The drama on the road trip. Um, Very Unraptor-like. Yeah. I think somebody asked me... You know, if I can remember two days sort of like the scene after the Orlando game and then the practice the following day. To rewind Orlando, they lost on the road in Orlando Friday night. Yeah. Uh, they practiced Saturday in Brooklyn, right? Well, in Manhattan, just oh. over the bridge. Sorry to anyone yes. offend anyone in either well, I just want to be, I want to get, I want to give no. people the mental picture. Of course. Uh, and on Friday, like Kyle Lowry shoots five for 20. I think that's sort of max, how much does this guy have to do without DeMar DeRozan and Patrick Patterson, who got hurt that game, and he just could not do it that night. Like, he did not have the night that he had been having, and for the first time all year, he declined to talk to us, which I am not criticizing him for, because God knows... Look, we like, have a weekly yeah, podcast, yeah. and sometimes I want to decline to talk <laughs> yeah. to you, too, so... Likewise, that <laughs> happened last week. <laughs> um, and, but he just, he had a towel over his head. He, we were told he was not speaking to us because he was very emotional and also under the weather. Uh, and he had a towel over his head and people were sort of coming over him. I wouldn't say, it would be a bit of a leap to say they were coming over to console him. But he was like going through something that night, uh, whether it was illness or frustration or some combination of the two. Uh, it was a lot. And then the day after, we talked to Corey Joseph, Joseph, who had been more or less supplanted by Fred Van Vliet uh, in the Orlando game. Save for uh, that bizarre decision to bring him in like he was Julie the Cat Gaffney, ice cold to close the game. (laughs) And then the following day, he didn't, uh, against Brooklyn, he received his first proper DNP coach's decision. Uh, He'd got one before 
because of rest issues, right. but, but just because he wasn't playing out of a choice, which is the heart of a DNP CD. Yes. Um, and he was, I would also say, emotional, sort of uh, red-eyed, comes off from shooting and working his tail off uh, or his ass off we want, if we want to earn our explicit tag. Uh, and he spoke very uh, hurriedly and passionately about being a team guy and about working hard and about not needing a mental break, which is what Dwayne Casey said on Friday night. And you'll notice tonight, or Monday night, he backtracked on uh, Dwayne Casey said, I shouldn't have used the words mental break. Right, so um, Casey spun it to, on Monday as more of a physical break, um, whether it was a combination of both of those things or you know, an example setter or whatever, yeah. it was pretty clear that the they hadn't discussed how the message would be put out there, yeah. which is not Core Joseph's responsibility. Yeah. Um, and Joseph, I mean, Joseph is always a pretty emotive guy, but he's always so happy-go-lucky yeah. that... Like it he, he always seems very emotional, but it's usually in the in the happy emotion, every like the positive emotional stuff. So it was. So, so he's talking very hurriedly and emotionally, and uh, sort of saying what a team guy he is. And he's like, you know, I'm I'm never going to be one to sulk. That'd be un-Canadian. And, and you know, most of us who were talking to him at the time thought that would be an appropriate time to laugh because. We always talk about sort of the crutch of being Canadian with him. Like there's a running gag in the locker room about how he gets asked about every Canadian that comes into the Air Canada Centre. As and an aside, if uh, <laughs> sulking is un-Canadian, we are very un-Canadian at times. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and But he stopped us in our laughter. Like, no, no, I mean it. I'm serious. Uh, he, and it was just... For how much we know him, I would say it was very out of character, very high on the tenth scale, and I, I think like it's in the regular season over the last few years, it's definitely as turbulent as and as low as I can remember, sort of the emotional state. So it was very interesting from that perspective. And I, I don't think that ended. Corey Joseph played um, 20, 20 minutes and twenty seven seconds on Monday. He played better than he had before the break. Uh, wasn't terrific defensively still offensively he had a nice game um defensively a couple closeouts that were probably a little too aggressive given who he was closing out on um, but a step in the right direction but after the game uh he spoke again and he was very this time this seemed to me to be just as out of character he was very short yeah and he was not conversational and i think maybe he didn't want to say the wrong thing after the way his saturday comments were taken but he said very very little uh, Monday as well, when it should have been, you know, I was kind of expecting the return to that kind of happy-go-lucky Corey Joseph. Yeah, and it's just... And look, uh, sorry, I, I, not that he owes yeah, us yes. to be happy-go-lucky. No, it's just, it is stark in its contrast to the norm. Uh, not Norm Powell, which is another issue for... Yes, we could talk about some contrast with Norm, um, like his contrasting but, roles. But. but I think he's... There's no right word for it. He's not shaken, but it's like... He had the same role pretty much for the first season and a half with the Raptors. And it's been, you know, whether it's temporary, it sure seems like it was temporary based on tonight, but we'll see as it goes along. It could be one of those things that is quote unquote fluid yeah. as a situation. Um, but look, his professional world just got rocked and I'm sure he hears about it on Twitter and, and he knows entirely... what perception is and it, and he it's it would be weird if he weren't acting like it 
was normal. I yeah, think. and it's it's not normal. And what I, I think must be frustrating for him is that you look, and I wrote about this for The Athletic a couple weeks ago about his defensive struggles before mm. he got sat down. Um, there is not a good explanation for it either. He claims he's trying as hard as, hard as he has before. He's usually one of the later guys out working at practice. Um, he says he watches a lot of film to try to figure out what he's doing wrong. There, and there's no injury at play, and he's not at an age where his defense should fall off, yet his defense has fallen off dramatically from the last two years the the norman established so that that has to be frustrating from beyond just your role going it's that you know all the inputs are the same according to him and the output is vastly different on the defense yeah, and it must be frustrating to try to figure I out i looked it up on saturday when i wrote uh my story from practice that the rappers were sort of in an emotional state mm -hmm. and i think in, in the defense of real plus minus last year he finished 17 of 61 qualified point guards and mm -hmm. in, in defense of real plus minus and this year he's like 81st out of 86 yeah. you know it just i, I mean I, we can have qualms with the statistics sure, sure. but that is but just the other defensive bizarre. metrics uh, yeah. the other the other one is that last year the t he had the best defensive rating on the team and this year he has the worst defensive rating on the team yes and I also, when I wrote my thing, um, I looked at who was impacted the most last year to this year and the prior two years um, using trying to use Biombo as the key yeah. factor because everyone wants to point to Biombo. Yeah. Joseph's had a bigger drop-off than anyone else. Everyone else has been, you know, roughly the same or a little better or a little worse. And Joseph's had this big drop-off. And I asked him about it, and he said it would have nothing to do with Biombo yeah. because, if anything, that would make him play more conservative. But we're seeing him over-close out and be over-aggressive and get blown by. Yeah. So his his play this year is of has just been the most mystifying thing on the roster. I think. And yeah. I'm not even sure what number two is like because you can understand why Damari Carroll is struggling. You can understand why Terrence Ross would have a great first two months and then be because all over he's the Terrence place. Ross. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can understand that Jonas Valanciunas will have defensive problems on some nights. But By the way, Jonas has turned in a couple of very yes. nice games in a Yes, row. quietly. Um, which we'll get to. So let's yeah. let's turn it then. So we're talking all this negative. We're talking about the drama that was on uh, the road trip yeah. you went on. Uh, they close out with... a. Shaky win against the Nets, but like no DeMar DeRozan, no Patrick Patterson, Kyle Lowry under a huge workload, 12 p.m. start. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a clean win, especially since Brooklyn was missing two starters of their own and Jeremy Lin and Karis LeVert. Um, but they get a win. Yes. And it's at least, you know, it, it seemed like there was that kind of a light weight off their shoulders. Of At least they were back in the win column, even yes. if they weren't playing that well. Which is, I think, an important building block. So Monday they come out. Winning the, is good. The Clippers visit. Clippers are also on the second night of a back-to-back -back, um, and missing Chris Paul. But the Toronto Raptors are playing their fifth game in seven nights, um, which even if it's a home game, you'll take a back-to-back -back on the road over fifth game in seven nights, yeah. um, traveling multiple cities. And then uh, DeMar DeRozan returns, but Patrick Patterson is still sidelined. Uh, the Raptors bounce back in a pretty major way. The defense... You know, still not where it needs to be, but I think in a case like this, with the way you've been playing, uh, you take this win, 118-109, against a very good Clippers team that's been pretty solid, even with Chris Paul out. Uh, you take this as a, a major step in the right direction, right? Oh, for sure. And, and you know, in terms of back-to-backs, I mean, yes, they were back-to-backs, but both teams played in the afternoon and arrived in... Toronto at a reasonable hour as opposed to most back-to-backs which you're arriving at 2 or 3 a.m. Right. So that mitigates it to an extent. But both teams were in more or less the same situation except the Raptors had this, you know, hellish schedule of a week. And 
the offense, you know, it's just funny. You wonder when, as DeRozan was out, and they, every game while they're in that 2-8 and eight stretch, they're shooting 25% from three, 27% from three, 21% from three. They shoot 42% from three against the Clippers, and everything seems fine. How he, much does it have to do with DeMar DeRozan? Well, he hit two improbable ones, I would say. Yes, including a corner three but, right at the buzzer that pretty much, in the fourth, yeah. that pretty much was like, okay, let's, yeah. let's go home. Yeah, that, I love that possession. The, oh, the, uh, the Lowry to Bebe to DeMar. Yeah, Bebe kicking yeah. out a potential <laughs> bank shot from the block yeah, yeah, that's to also a corner a, shooter at the end of the shot clock. also another uh, discussion. Uh, uh, and obviously a big swing in the three-point shooting. Lowry shook off his mini yeah. slump going five of eight. Uh, passing Morris Peterson for most three-point most three-pointers made in Toronto Raptors history. Muzzle tough, Kyle. But uh, I mean, DeRozan coming back obviously. What I wrote about tonight is whose impact, or who is who is more irreplaceable on the Raptors roster, DeRozan or Patterson. And that's not to suggest that... Patterson is the is same. A, is, a, is a better player. Yeah. It's just because of the roster composition. You don't have Norman Powell yeah, power forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it doesn't really matter because they need both in the postseason. Right, but, it's a thought exercise. It's but not yes, a, uh, DeRozan, you know, Kyle Lowry still plays 38 minutes tonight. But, well, we're going to talk about that. But... You know, he averaged 19.4 field goal attempts while DeRozan was out. He takes 14 tonight. And, and there are a lot of more uh, possessions where he's perhaps chilling in the corner a little yes. bit. Uh, and, and, as, and DeMar, as DeMar DeRozan said after <laughs> the game, uh, how does Kyle Lowry's job change when DeMar's back and DeMar quips, oh, it's easier. <laughs> and it is. He's right. Yeah, he's like, not wrong. He's, you know, uh, Lowry is still the most indispensable player on this roster by a not insignificant margin, but he f- can find spots and moments to relax, whereas games like even against the Nets, you know, that game gets from 13 to 7 to 4 very quickly, and you need Kyle Lowry to save you against the worst team in the league without two starters. And... If you have DeMar DeRozan in that game, that probably doesn't happen, and Kyle Lowry probably doesn't play 39 minutes in Brooklyn. Yes, and as DeRozan, uh, DeRozan was asked if he felt any rust, he said, nah, did it look like it? It did not. Well, I think, DeRo- first, I think DeRozan missed his first, his first three <laughs> shots, but finished with 13 in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, he went on to have 31 points. Obviously, his return is huge. The fact that his ankle feels good is great. Um Let's talk about the what I think is the biggest impact from DeMar DeRozan being out, which wasn't necessarily the record that the Raptors put up while he was gone. It was the fact that this was the fifth game in seven nights. Kyle Lowry played 202 minutes. And you talked about the, um, the how the load is a little easier even in those same yeah. minutes for Kyle Lowry when DeRozan's back. And that's absolutely true. Um, but looking in a more macro sense, Lowry is now up to second in the NBA in total minutes played. Uh, he leads the league in games in which he's played 40 minutes or more. Um, there is rest coming up. The Raptors, after Wednesday in Minnesota, will play three games over a 15-day span. And as much as some fans think it's some hellacious activity, like, Lowry and DeRozan are not going to be heavily taxed that All-Star weekend no. doing a three-point contest and playing, like, 8 to 12 minutes in an All-Star game. Like, it's going to be... That's a, that's a pretty relaxing weekend other than what they do to their bodies outside of the All-Star events. If And, I mean, they don't... Not to say they will, but... Um, Lowry's workload. Concern level, uh, and do you see the team shifting the way they've handled it once this long break is over, and they kind of look at that? Okay, now we're in the stretch run. 
Uh, I mean, it's funny. Doc Rivers spoke tonight. He, he was asked about his concern about seating. And he said, well, once Blake Griffin got injured and Chris Paul got injured, you know, we really cared about seating before then. Then once those things happened, I totally threw it out the window. And I just don't think the Raptors are there. They're not there, especially as they fall back into the, you know, into the two through six pack, which is pretty tightly uh, packed. Yeah, as Indiana terrible. comes on, I think Atlanta's yeah. going to fall off a little bit, but Washington's playing great. Boston's yeah. playing solid. Uh, Raptors back into third. They jump to Washington. And look, the Raptors needed home court in two series to win last year. They were not competitive with Cleveland when they weren't at home. My uh, counter to that, though, would be they had yeah. home court in 2014-15, yeah. and it didn't matter because they did not do the things um, to... I mean, that was a that team was built differently and not nearly as good So, also. anyway, to answer your question more directly, I don't think the Raptors are as chill about seating as the Clippers, perhaps, which leads me to believe that Kyle Lowry will not get a tremendous amount of rest. There are There is the three games and 15-day stretch coming up, which is uh, useful. And I think they probably, especially if there are any significant signs of rust, or, or not rust, but uh, of wear and yeah. fatigue. They've done it in the past, and they've done it this year at a point where they gave them a game off. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see it occasionally down the stretch of the season, but I still think, you know, he's going to be hanging out in the mid-30s, or, or and hopefully you just don't get to those nights if DeRozan could stay healthy where you're pushing 40 too many more times. But that's... It's the reality of this team right now. and That is the one issue with having one very change. good, very important player. Yeah. Um, I will say, and I've, I've, you know, I've said this other places before, and it's I try to talk myself down off the minutes, is that the minutes played statistic mm-hmm. is one is the only piece of data in terms of a player's workload that we have access to. So the Raptors and were... usage percentage, but... Right, yeah. yeah, we can try to approximate the physical toll. Like last mm-hmm. year, DeRozan was 12th in minutes, but he was also top 10 in miles run and free yeah. throw attempts, which you can use as proxies for how heavy an offensive yeah. load it is. Um, and we know Kyle Lowry, you know, takes charges, but we, we can't really measure defensive load. Um, so minutes is the best thing we have. Um, but beyond that, the team, these guys were catapult GPS gear in, in, that collect biometric data in practice and shoot-arounds. Um, they monitor their sleep. The, there was a, a practice day that got canceled earlier this year because the team's sleep science staff suggested that maybe they were worn down and it was a good day off. Um, there is, I mean, the training staff, self-reporting, things like that. So the team has a lot more information than we do. Yes. All we have to go off of is minutes played. Um, but my but. Ca- my counter to that <laughs> is that, for one, Every minute you're on the court, is there is a risk of injury. Like Kyle yeah. Lowry plays a breakneck style. His offense exists from throwing himself into giant men. Um, and defensively, he takes too many charges And for my preference here in yeah. February, um, not in the, the general sense. Um, and then, you know, uh, it's still, look, 80 or 30 teams and 450 players all have that extra data as well, and he's still second in minutes. I think so unless he's dead last look, in everything else? I think it's totally fair to be concerned, and this is your 30-year-old point guard who is, you know, one of in the top or the bottom 5% in height in the league or whatever, yes. and it's, 
you know, it's not Iversonian, but it's close. Yeah. Like the, and, the and way, like, and look, he, at least like he has a three point shot to rely on. So he's not throwing himself into that uh, right. the traffic all the time, but it's real. And there's reasons why the San Antonio Spurs do what they do with players who are a lot bigger than it's, him. It's you know? kind of a catch 22 where you have this really good player who's really important to your winning. So you have every reason to rest him so that he's in great shape yeah. for the playoffs, but you also can't afford to rest him if you want to get to yeah. the playoffs where you want to be. Um, the other thing I'll say is, if you're looking ahead to potential Lowry rest, uh, the better things to look at, the better thing to look at, sorry, is games off. Um, it would be great if he was only averaging 35 minutes instead yeah. of 38 minutes, um, but the science suggests that um, a night off is a better use of that rest than trimming him a couple minutes here and there. The reason being, I think that the marginal cost, once you've already started playing, the marginal cost yeah. of extra minutes is much less than the marginal gain of a night off. Yeah. So, so maybe you look for like a back-to-back -back or two down the stretch where you yeah. can say, okay, Kyle's not going to play in one of these games. Right. And I think that would be prudent. And I think even with, you know, the way they treated DeRozan like I think DeRozan probably could have played on Sunday against the Nets probably. Uh, he went through practice not at full speed on Saturday and usually when a player goes through practice he plays but he did not and I think Patterson is at a place where he could also probably play we don't know if like the injury is going to fully heal Right, uh, and, but and Casey I, said today, Casey said on Monday that it is a new injury. Um, Patterson suffered a, knee, a left knee contusion. He had been dealing with a left knee strain. Obviously, yeah. though, you have two injuries in shorter the same part Area. of the body. That's yeah. going to be, uh, you know, those are going to be related. I, um, so I think they could, you know, we're painting the Raptors in the sense of Lowry as this throw caution to the wind type I don't team. Think it, I don't think that's it. I think um, they take a lot into consideration. No, but I know, but like the way it seems with Lowry... I like. With the way it seems with Lowry, they aren't paying attention to these things, but I think other signs show that they are. Right. So as always, there is a middle ground here to find. A reasonable middle yeah. ground. Um, one other note uh, on the rest and scheduling. After Wednesday's game, the Raptors will be top five in the NBA in total games played. So they also they also have from Wednesday onward one of the five lightest schedules in terms of total that's games played. That's called math, guys. Yeah. So that's I mean it'll it's felt like we're working every single day, which is awesome because this job is the best. But um, is it? also you know they're gonna have some days off. We're gonna have yeah. some actual practice days. We're gonna go and talk to guys and uh, it'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. They have that. They have that weird five game road trip in in March where right. they play Washington and Milwaukee and then have three days three off days in the off. middle I think and then play three and four so there's yeah. there's um, time coming that you'll be like yeah. why aren't the Raptors playing they tonight? also don't why travel more than one time zone the rest of the season yep. which is nice they're done all the West Coast games and they're done the Denver game and um, okay let's talk about one more thing from Monday's game because we're pushing up against the time we want to keep this under uh, the return of DeMar DeRozan meant a return to the, in this case, tonight in terms of order of entry, the 11th man role for Norman Powell, who was terrific in filling in for DeMar DeRozan. He's not DeMar DeRozan, obviously. He's 23 and a different player, and but he filled in admirably, as well yes. as you could hope for losing one of your all-stars. Um, he was the 11th guy, and he checked in to start the fourth quarter. Close out the game completely. Uh, your thoughts on the continued yo-yoing of Norman Powell's role 
which, well, while understandable, is growing more and more frustrating, I think, for you in particular. Well, first of all, it's not the 11th man. Pascal Siakam, Jakob Pertl, and Gerard Selinger were the equivalent of one and a half men. Tonight. Sure. But by order <laughs> of entry, he was the 11th yes, Raptor in play. Um, I think there's two ways you could look at it. Casey trusts Powell so much <laughs> that he could have a close out a game he hasn't played it in three quarters. I think it would be the funniest thing in the world if he just did not play in the first three quarters for the rest of the season and was the closer for the Toronto Sure, Raptors. don't use your best reliever in the highest yeah. leverage situation. Yeah. Just save him for the ninth no matter what. On the other hand, the trusting this guy so much that he plays in the fourth quarter sort of indicates that you should trust him at other times. Right, because if you're uh, going to trust him to close out that lead in the fourth, he probably could have helped, helped you build you, the yeah, lead larger earlier on. Yeah. Um, I think you look at the roster and you say there are minutes, based on their play so far this year, there are minutes from Damari Carroll and Corey Joseph, which he can get. And I was sort of tempted to ask Dwayne Casey, and then I... Uh, today and then I did not ask because the press conference, the pregame press conference was sort of dragging on. Would he ever consider a lineup to close the quarter, the, you know, the first or third quarter with like Powell and DeRozan instead of a true point guard? And I don't think that's what he wants to do because, and he certainly wouldn't want to answer that today as yeah. we're in the middle of Corey Joseph gate. But <laughs> um, I think there are ways to get him more minutes. And He's right. Uh, when, he, when Dwayne Casey says, you know, there are a lot of guys of that body type and position with, you know, DeRozan, who's going to get mid-30s, and Terrence Ross, who, as inconsistent as he is, you know, that you like his three-point shooting. Yeah. And Damari Carroll, who you really hope is something more than he's been right. lately. Right, so Carroll's yeah. the one that I think most people get frustrated with, yes. and I've written about this a little bit before for Raptors Republic. Um, on a pure meritocracy, yeah. Norman Powell would yeah. have to Mari Carroll's job. But the Raptors have an incentive that if they, especially if they're confident that Norman Powell is always going to be this Norman Powell, um, giving it more time to see if, however unlikely, Damari Carroll yeah. can get back closer it's, to his 14-15 self. It's just when does that end, you know? I and think it ends closer to the postseason. Yeah, and and I understand that. But, like, and tonight tonight Carroll played 23 that's, minutes. And that's that's, the maybe thing. that's a good point Maybe that's, that's a good number. Yeah. Um, and so what would, what would you want in this situation? Would you want him playing, not you, the general you? Yes. Like, would you want him playing six fewer minutes and then Norm Powell's at 18 minutes, assuming he absorbs all those minutes, and then maybe everybody else is in less of a rhythm. So yeah, yeah and an effort to understand the where Casey's coming from. These are the sort yeah. of things I'm thinking about as I am frustrated by... Powell, who I think is their second best wing, not playing. And, and, and then there's going to be the matter of once Patrick Patterson comes back, yeah. there are theoretically fewer minutes with small lineups. And Norman Powell has seen some of his playing time yeah. in those four out lineups around JV or Lucas Noguera. And they've been fun. And Norman Powell has done well against bench fours. Um, but that's those are even more minutes that are going to go away yeah. unless unless Siakam, Pirtle, and Selinger are all going to be banished it's to the just, bench. I think and the, all the things we talk about... In like tonight, it gets back to that short-term versus long-term right. philosophy. Like we're talking about like pushing Kyle Lowry to the edge and playing him 38 minutes a game because they need to get the seating, and yet we're talking about Norman Powell losing out to minutes 
because Damari Carroll yeah. because you want to be better in the long run. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the thing that is hard to square up the logic with, and yet I get all of it. Yeah, that's what just we're here for, to try to not, that logic it, But it's hard to put together right. in maybe a Right, a if you're doing everything way. you are, you can to win every game right now. Norman Powell should be playing more. Yeah. The rotation should be tighter. Um, and guys like Corey Joseph or Damari Carroll, who struggle, should have shorter leashes. Yeah. If you're taking the long view, well then, maybe... It's okay that Damari Carroll's playing, but maybe Kyle Lowry should be playing 33 minutes a night. Yes. And, you know, there. look, the thing about depth is that you're always going to need it. There's going to be another time this year where DeMar DeRozan misses a game or Patrick Patterson does or, God forbid, Kyle Lowry does. And this is why... God forbid. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> like, the rush to, oh, we have to trade Carroll to make room for Norm or we have to trade Corey to make room for DeLon, um, you know, that's great in theory if you have a guarantee that your eight-man playoff rotation is going to be completely healthy and playing well in the playoffs. Um, but there are still, you know, 35 games or 30 games or however many games to get through. Um, 29? Is that what it is? 29 games to get through. Wow. 29 games to get through. Down to 29 games. Woo! Wow, that seems tight. Uh, uh, if Norm Powell keeps on playing this well and Terrence Ross and Damari Carroll uh, keep on being inconsistent, Norm Powell will have a big role in the playoffs. He's probably going to have a big role in the playoffs anyway, depending on the matchup. Yes. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Okay. We have uh, we reasonableized the bad road trip, the win Monday, and uh, all these curious rotation things that cause frustration. And they make sense, but it doesn't mean you're not allowed to be frustrated by them. Yeah. Frustration in this chaotic world is often a very reasonable response. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that goes beyond this podcast, that's for sure. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for hanging around. Guys, thanks for listening. Oh, um, February 22nd, we're going to do a live recording of this podcast at Bar Homestand. Uh, I believe it's at 8 o'clock, and it's free. Is it not at 8 o'clock? I thought I saw something about doors opening at 6. Okay, maybe doors open at 6 and we go on at 7. Um, Eric and I will both tweet about it to confirm. Um, but February 22nd, it's free if you're a subscriber of The Athletic. Uh, I don't think there's, a, I shouldn't say this, I don't think there's a verification if you're a subscriber of The Athletic. So just RSVP if you want to come out. Um, we'll do some Q&A. It's the night before the trade deadline, so there'll be lots to talk about. Um, so come up for that and look for our tweets uh, with the link to RSVP. Yeah, right, that, should, that should be a fun night. Yeah. Assuming no trade goes down and we don't have to abandon the podcast to yeah, well, write about lo- the trade. Everybody will just watch us typing on our laptops. Yes, we'll have our phones on the <laughs> stage, as rude as that is. Um, Eric, thanks so much, man. No problem. Thanks, Blake. If only to be a reasonable man.